This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. So the title of my piece is The Table is Set. We're going to speak from The Table is Set. And so tonight I'm going to invite you. Now this is, this is an open invitation because every time, and you're going to, you're going to hear and you're going, to, you're going to realize this as the message goes forth tonight. But every time the doors come open, the table is set and is prepared for you to come. So we're going to invite you tonight to, to come to the table because the table is already set. We need to be mindful in this season that we're in, in this, this season, uh, uh, the time that we're in, in the restoring of our next generation in the building and arising, in, in the establishing of Church of the Living Water, we need to realize and be mindful of it daily. Be mindful of those things daily. Because then as you come in and as you hear the word, as you're listening for God, then everything that you hear will be revolved around that. Everything that you hear is, is going to be, regard, and even if you don't think that it's related, if it's about you, it's still about that total overall thing of building the next generation. Because again, remember what I said. God is going to do things in us first. But he's preparing us. He's doing things in us so that he can do through things through us so that we can restore this generation. So that we can establish the kingdom. So that we can arise and build as we are rising now. But he, you, have to, you have to have, you have, talking about being purpose driven. Forget about the book, Purpose Driven. Forget about the book. We have a purpose right here that God has already showed us. He has already showed us. And so all we got to do is keep our minds there. Keep them focused right there. Keep it focused right there. And as you hear, he's going to guide. As you hear the word, he's going to guide you. He's going to show you. He's going to, he, you, you, you know what? There should not be a person in this place that had, that, that, can say that I don't know what my place is. There should be not a person in here that can say, I don't know what my place is. Now, some specific duty, some some specific task, that may come, but you should know your place. What is your place? Your place is to restore the next generation. Your place is to arise and build. Your place is to help establish church of the living water. That's the place. So that means everything that we do should be geared towards that. Everything that we do is geared. Everything that we're doing right now in this season. That God has had us doing things other, in other seasons. It's all, it's all going back to redemption, right? The, the great, the overall redemption plan. But at different times, and we, we've been here, our pastor has been talking, and has been ministering about the dispensations of time. So at each dispensation, there's a, new, a task and assignment that goes with it. And the grace for it is then, because once that dispensation closes, it's time to go on to another assignment. And then there's going to be another graces for that. So that's why we have to take full advantage of what God is doing. Turn to Isaiah 55. The table is set. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 1 reads, Hold. 
Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye by. That's interesting. And eat. He says, everyone that thirsteth, E-T-H, we've, been, we've gotten that lesson before. That means continually. Everyone that thirsteth, continually thirst, come. Every time you thirst, come. Ye to the waters, and he that hath no money. See, for this, you don't need money. He says, for, for, and, and he that hath no money, come. You have no money? Still come. I need you to come. And buy and eat. How are you going to buy with no money? He says you're going to buy and eat with no money. But I need you to come. He says come. He says come by wine and milk. Don't get caught up in the words wine and milk. Those are just choice drinks. He says look I have for you what you need. The very choices of things. The very choices of things I have for you. You don't have the money for it. But it's okay. But I have the choice things for you. If, you. if you're thirsting and you want to come, it's provided for you. He says, uh, uh, ye come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor or your wages for that which satisfies not? He says, even when you have money, if you have the money, would you go and buy something that does not satisfy you? Do you, would you go and buy something that does not satisfy? Would you go and spend your money on bread, on something that will not sustain you? He says, if you wouldn't even do that, but I, I'm giving this to you free. He said, you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even spend your money on something that doesn't satisfy. You wouldn't even spend your money on something like that. But this, you don't even have to worry about buying. I'm going to give it to you for free. The choice things. The choice thing. Look, and listen, as we're going through this lesson, you need to keep, remember what I said, keep all of that in mind. Keep our, our fasting and praying in mind. Keep restoring the next generation. Keep all of that in mind. But particularly in this time and season that we're in of fasting and praying, you need to keep these things in mind. Look, look at this scripture based on that. See, see it out of those eyes. Okay, come. He says, come ye buy and eat. Ye come buy wine and milk. I'm going to give you the choice things without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me. He says, hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. He says, oh, look, I'm giving it to you for free. I'm giving you the choice things. The choice things. This is not something that you can go to H-E-B and buy. This is not something that you can just sit at home and dream of. You can't dream these things up. You can't do anything. He says, I'm going to give you these choice things. And, all, and you, don't, you don't have to spend no money in it. I'm going to give it to you for free. He says, all you need to do is come. He says, hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in that. He wants your soul to delight. He wants your soul to delight in all of the things he's going to show you this month. He wants your soul to delight in it. Those choice things that he's going to show you. Those choice things, those things that he's going to show you, he wants you to delight in them. Verse 3, he says, incline your ear. Come. He says, come. He says, be diligent in your seeking and come. And then he says, incline your ear 
and come. He says, come again. I love this. He's always saying, come. And come unto me and hear. Your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader, a commander to the people. So we're going to come back to this in just a second. But who he's talking about here, I want you to make note of even the mercies of David. So he, he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. He says, but behold, I have given him for a witness. He's not talking about David. He's talking about the covenant that he made with David, and that was of the Messiah. So here in verse 4, he's talking about, behold, I have given him. Christ, the Messiah, for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. That's important. He's a leader. He's a commander to the people. Verse 5, Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel. For he hath glorified thee. Seek ye, here we go, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He has set the time. He has set the table. He has given you the opportunity. And he's saying, come, seek me while I may be found. Call upon me while I am near. He says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God... For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. But as the hearers, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, listen, the table is set. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth, the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. The table is set. The table is set. Now look at this. Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 11. This is a call and an invitation to the children of Israel. God is calling them to abundant life. You remember all of that we just read? We read about the choice meats. He said, I'm giving it to you freely. That's the abundant life. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. All you have to do is come and seek. He says, seek. Seek me. He says, come. And he said it several times. Just come. Come. I need you to come and seek. I need you to seek. Come and seek. Be diligent. Come and seek. He says, eat. And those who thirsted, those who continue, just come. Every time you thirst, just come. Every time you thirst, just come. And he is showing them him. He is showing them him. Again, this is an invitation to the children of Israel to abundant life. Abundant life. And listen, it's, it's to us too. Look at this in, uh, no, I don't want you to go there yet. Listen. Abundant life. This is a call to every living soul to the absolute fullness of 
life. It's an absolute fullness. The abundant life. It is the absolute. It's a call to the living. Remember we talked about the living that our souls. It's a call to us because no creature, no other creature has a living soul. It's a call for us. The living soul to the absolute fullness of life. And my niece, she's going to like this. She's sitting in here. It's the Zoe. That life is Zoe. It's Zoe. And that Zoe, it, it, means, it means both essential, the life that's both essential, meaning that it's crucial, that it's necessary, that it's key, that it's vital, and ethical. So he says, I'm calling you to an abundant life, a life of abundance. He says, it's both essential. Your life, I'm calling you to a life that's meaningful. I'm calling you to a life that's vital. I'm calling you to a life that's key. I'm calling you to a life that's necessary. I'm calling you to this life. He says, it's both essential and an ethical life. Ethical meaning it's in conduct dealing with right and wrong. That's what he's calling us to. Conduct dealing with right and and wrong. That is, that is the abundant life. That is the abundant life. So listen. Absolute fullness of life only belongs to God. The fullness of life. He said the fullness. It's meaningful. It's crucial. And only that life, your personal, your, your life, life, has, not, has nothing, has, is meaningless without Christ. You don't know your purpose without Him. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing without Him. Yes, I know the song, Living My Best Life, I get it. I hear it. I know. But what they consider living my best life is not living at all. They consider the, 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 the 15 zeros behind the, the numbers in their bank account, they call that living their best life. When they can wear, wear red-bottom shoes, can afford them, they can wear red-bottom shoes, they consider that their best life. When, when, they, when they can, can, can tour all over America and, and all over, whatever, they, all over the world, they can, and, 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 and sell top records, they consider that their best life. But all of that is meaningless. <laughs> all of that is meaningless if they don't have the zoe. The essential thing, the necessary, the vital thing, the ethical thing. The ethical life. None of that means nothing if they don't have the zoe. So absolute fullness of life, it only belongs to God through Christ. And Christ is the Logos. That's the word revealed. Through the Logos. That's the word revealing. Church, let me tell you. During this time, especially during this time of fasting and praying, God is going to show you the Logos. He's going to show you the Logos. It's going to come alive in you. He says, come to the table. The table is already set. It's set. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to eat? And I don't mean naturally. I don't mean naturally. How bad do you want to eat? How, how are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? How bad do you want to eat? This is what he's saying to us. This is what he's saying to us. Life and life more abundantly through Christ Jesus. I'm going to show you. I want you to have the absolute fullness of life. And listen, church, I can tell you. Majority of us don't live the abundant life in Christ. 
We have life because He's given it to us. He's given us His life because He's paid for our lives. So we have life, but more abundant life. He says, I take John 10 and 10. Let's turn, let's turn to John 10 and 10. Let's look at this really quick. John 10 and 10. And, and this John 10 and 10, this is actually uh, the scripture that can be related back to Isaiah 55. Well, no. Let, let me, um, we're going to go to that one in just a second. But right now, I want you to turn to John 10. John 10 and 10. Let's look at what, what, what he's saying here. The scripture reads, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that, thy, that they might have a life. And he did. And if you are saved, you have life. If you accepted his, accepted his sacrifice, you have life. And they might have it more abundantly. So here he says, he's showing us here that we, I want you to have life. And I want you to have it more abundantly. Listen, that's why every life, every life, not just, those, not just for the lives of those who are saved, not just for the lives of those who have accepted Christ already, but every life matters and has importance and value because each one was born for a purpose and given a purpose regard, according to God's plan, whether they know it or not. Every person, every person has been, has been given life Life has been supplied for them. They have been given a natural life, breathing, been given a spirit, been given all of that. All of that has been given to them so that they might have life. But some of them never come into what God has for them. But, but that does not mean that they're not important. It does not mean that they're not important. They are still important to God. According to his plan and his will. Some, will. Will some of them never fulfill his will and his plan for their lives? No, they won't. But it does not mean that they're still not important. It does not mean that they're not important to God. Because whether they see it or not, whether they know it or not, God has a purpose and a plan for them. And that is why our work is so crucial. Because we are workers of God's calling to the unbelievers. Just like God was calling the children of Israel in chapter 55, He is calling all of us that same way. And that's why it's important that we be workers together with Him, giving the ministry of reconciliation so that we too might accept the call of the invitation of life and that, we, and that they might accept it. That's the whole point, is that they might accept it. So we are to work together with God that we can, they, can see their, they can see Him. See Him to know that God has given them life. He is extending, He is giving, calling them to it. Calling to them to life and life more abundant. So here in Isaiah 55, again, this is a call to the children of Israel based on the promises of the Davidic covenant of God. Now, what was the Davidic covenant of God? Number one was that the Messiah would come from his house. Now, keep these key terms in mind. I'm not going through this for, for now. Keep these key terms in, in mind. If the Messiah would come from the lineage of David, that was out of his house. Okay? 
So house, that's very important. And that the Messiah would establish an eternal kingdom. That's the second one. So, uh, uh, so the promises were, number one, that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David out of his house. And number two, that when the Messiah came, that he would establish an eternal kingdom. The kingdom meaning that he's referring to a people who are governed by a king. In a kingdom, the people are governed by a king. Alright? So we're talking about the house. We're talking about the kingdom. And from the kingdom, the Messiah will reign from the throne. Okay, so we're talking about the house, we're talking about the kingdom, and we're talking about the throne. That throne is just an an emphasis, is an emphasis on the authority of the king's rule. The throne, the king reigns from the throne. That's the authority. The throne is is his, his the representation of his authority. So he's reigning from the throne, the house, the kingdom. And the throne. Now let's look at this in Revelation chapter 22. This is going to be a parallel to what we see in Isaiah 55. Revelations chapter 22. We're going all the way to the back. The very last chapter of this great book. So we have here in verse 16. The scripture reads. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring. Here we see, we see that. We we saw that it was a Davidic covenant that we saw back in Isaiah. But here it is, the manifestation of it. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Here we go, we just come again. He says, come, and let him that heareth say, come, and let him that is athirsteth come. Okay, that's a parallel to Isaiah chapter 55. So here, here in, in Revelations, we see that the promises of the Davidic covenant are extended, extended to all who come to God. The Davidic covenant is extended to all who come to God. He has extended an invitation for us to be a part of his house, a part of his kingdom. And to be governed by the father of the house, to be governed and under the authority and the rule of the king. He has called us to be a part of the house and a part of his kingdom where he reigns and rules. Okay, follow me. Don't forget, and don't forget, don't forget where we are in this time of fasting and praying. Keep all of that. I need you to stay, I need you to stay right there. Stay right there. He's called us to his house and he's called us to his kingdom. And guess what? If you have accepted him, then you are part of the house and then you are a part of the kingdom. If you have accepted him. If you have accepted that call, that invitation to come, you are part of the house and you are a part of the kingdom. Now, this coming, this coming that he keeps talking about, this coming, it is consensual. You have consented to it. He didn't make you. He didn't put a gun to your head. He didn't do any of that. He didn't even enslave you from the beginning. He didn't put shackles on you. He didn't do any of that. He just called. He called. He gave the invitation. He said, come. And that's all that he did. But your coming was your consent to it. 
Your coming was your consent to be in the house. Your coming was your consent to be in the kingdom and a part of the kingdom. That was your choice. Life is choice driven. That was your choice. Information came and you had to choose. And you made a choice, right? I think you made a good choice as far as I'm concerned. And if I had it any other way, I would not go back and change my choice. So I hope you feel the same way. But you accepted, you accepted the call into the house to be fathered. Whether, whether you knew that was in the cup or not, you accepted the call to be in the house to be fathered. That's what happens in the house. Think about your natural house. In your natural house, the father, he's going to father because it's his house. So you accepted the call to be in the house. So you got a father. Now you got a father. A spiritual father. You accepted the call into the kingdom to be governed and ruled. Whether you knew it was in the cup or not, you accepted the call to the kingdom and in that kingdom is his governance and his rule because it's his kingdom. So we're in his house and we are part of his kingdom. Once that invitation has been accepted, it is necessary that the coming be consistent. Be constant. Be diligent. Once it's come, You don't just come once. You don't just come once. This coming, being in the house and being in the kingdom. Listen. Well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. This coming is about being constant. It's like, it's like you have to keep coming. You see how many times he said come? Every time. He says when you thirst, just come. When you're hungry, come. Just come. You, 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 just, you don't even have to be necessarily those. Just come. He says seek and come. So it has to be persistent. It has to be a persistent, a constant, and a diligent pursuit. It's not just a one time. We have to choose Christ daily. That's the coming. You choosing Christ, you choosing what He wants you to do, you choosing His promises, you choosing His, His rule, you choosing His reign, that's you coming daily. That's you coming. So it has to be a constant coming. And here is the blessed part. This is the blessed part about being in God's house and being in, his God, in God's kingdom, He gives you a seat at His table. Oh, don't miss that, because we're about to run now. He has given you, when you accepted, when you accepted a part of being, when you decided you want to attach yourself, when you decided you want to be a part of the house and a part of the kingdom, He gave you a seat at His table in both. A seat at the table in his house. A seat at the table in his kingdom. You got a seat at the table. And I already told you that the table has already been set. But we're going to talk about what's at the table. We're going to talk about what's at the table. So what is at the table? We're going to use a natural illustration of table. Just a natural illustration of table. As an analogy to understand some spiritual truth. Okay? We're going to use the natural physical table as an analogy to understand some spiritual truths. So, at any natural table, so, I, so as, we, as we go through this, as we, as we talk about this, I, again, I want you to keep it. I want you to go with me to the spiritual realm, okay, as we talk about this table. I need you to see this from, and again, from the eyes of what we're doing. 
okay, from the eyes of what we're doing, spiritual realm. So at any natural table in a house, in a restaurant, even a meeting space, a table in a meeting space, in any table, these things are found at a table based on the location, based on what, you know, the purpose of it, based on all of that. But all of these things that we're going to discuss, it will, be, it will apply at some point to some table. Okay? The table, A, it is a place of gathering. Put your spiritual, everybody got your spiritual ears on? Put your spiritual ears on. The table is a place of gathering for providing and receiving. The place, the table is a place of gathering for providing and receiving. Something is served and something is partaken of. Okay, at the table, at the table, it's a gathering space. It's a gathering space for providing and receiving. Something is served and something is partaken of. Sometimes it's food. Okay, naturally, sometimes it's food. Food, that which is substance, it's nutrition and it's fuel. Substance, food is provided sometimes at the table. Substance, meaning nutrition and fuel. Sometimes it's information that's provided at the table. In a meeting space, you don't always have breakfast. You don't, they don't always bring continental breakfast for you. Sometimes it's just for you to meet there so that information, so that things can be provided, something can be provided and something can be received. So now they're providing information in your meetings. That's what they're providing. And sometimes it can be both. It can be both. So sometimes it can be both when we're at our family's table, right? We're talking, we're eating. That's why you should turn off the TV. You should put, you take, take, put away the TV trays, put away eating in the rooms, put away all of that. That should be a meeting time. A meeting time for you to come to the table. At the table, something is being provided. Something is being received. So it can be food and it can be information. Your children give you information about their day, you receive that information. How you receive it is something totally different. We're not going to even go there. But something is being received, something is being served, and something is being partaken of. B, the table is a place of intimacy. The table is a place of Intimacy, where loved ones gather and they break bread together and they share with one another to encourage the other, to correct the other. That's at the table. Letter B. The table is a place of intimacy, where loved ones gather, they break bread together and share with one another to encourage to correct. Parents, we share to encourage and to correct at the table, a place of intimacy. If you don't have meetings with your families, you should. You should. Now, I remember there was a teaching about that a long time ago. A long time ago. So yes, you can use the opportunity when you're eat, eating dinner. Yes, you can use that opportunity to do some of that. But sometimes we don't need the distraction of the food. Sometimes we just need a meeting space. Why? Because there's information that needs to be shared. 
There's something that needs to be given. And there's something that needs to be partaken of. It's a place of intimacy. We gather, just like we did on last, last, last Sunday, we gathered at the table. A place of intimacy. Where we were breaking bread together. Loved ones gathered to break bread together, to share with one another, to encourage, and maybe even to correct. That goes on at the table. That is the unity and the oneness. That is the unity and the oneness. That is the unity and the oneness. That's the biblical fellowship. Not just the gathering, but remember what I said, well, what, what, what Minister Mar was talking about. The biblical fellowship, that's not, that's not necessarily, it's not about the friendships. Biblical fellowship is about us breaking bread together. And it's not just natural bread. It's spiritual bread. It, 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 and and, and, and this, this, when we're talking about breaking bread together, it don't even have to be natural. You don't even have to eat for you to break bread together. There could be no eating involved and you're breaking bread. Guess what? We're breaking bread right now. <laughs> Everybody's getting the peace. Whether you're going to receive it or not, that's up, that's up to you. But God is serving the bread. He's serving it up. It's going to be up to you whether you're going to eat it or not. It's going to be up to you whether you receive it or not. It's totally up to you. The table is a place of safety. I know some families, that, you, know, when, you know, the mamas and the daddies, when everybody's at the table in the evening, they're like, okay, the day is done. We, we're all safe. We made it. We made it through our days. We were at school. We were at work, traveling the high, highways, doing all of that. When we come to the table in the evening, I know everybody's safe. That's a safe place. Out of the hustle and the bustle of your day. This, 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 this is why. This is why you need to have. This is why. That, this is why you need to have make that an important thing in your family, especially and, and, and even, even even if there's not a father in the house, but especially if there's a father in the house, that needs to be your responsibility to make sure that everybody comes to the table. That's that's your responsibility. Don't get so caught up. In the day-to-day, don't get so caught up. Oh, I was at work all day, so I'm going to do this. I need to go, and I'm going to go in my room. Let me do this. Let me do that. And by, by the time it's all over, I'm gonna, I got I to gotta watch TV. I got to do this, and I got to do that. I'm going to eat and watch TV. And I'm going to, and all, and listen, you're missing an opportunity. God is bringing it up again about the meeting time. He's bringing it up again. It's not for not. That was not even in my notes. He's bringing it up again. Because he's, he's telling you that at this time, it's going to be crucial that you bring your, your family to the table. Oh, don't miss that. Don't miss it. He said it's time for you to bring your family to the table. If you haven't been doing it, you need to start right now. 
You need to start it right now. Because it's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial in this time of arising. It's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial in this time of, of restoring the next generation. That's a part of it. you got to start meeting at the table. Let us see. The table is where needs are met. And it's a place of satisfaction. Listen to this. Appetites are satisfied. So the table is where needs are met. It's a place of satisfaction. Appetites are satisfied. And thirsts are quenched daily. Ooh, don't miss that. Appetites are satisfied and thirsts are quenched daily. Even two and three times each day. Remember your natural table. You go to the table to eat sometimes. Sometimes it's once a day when you all get condemned. But sometimes it's two or three times a day. It could be two or three times a day on a Saturday when everybody's at home. It could be two or three times on a Sunday when everybody's there. At the natural table. But remember, remember to keep it spiritual. Keep it spiritual. The, ta- the table is where needs and met are met. And it's a place of satisfaction where appetites are satisfied. And thirst are quenched daily, even two and three times each day. <laughs> Don't miss that. That means you're one time praying a day. If you do that, or you're praying and passing, or you're praying when you're going, when you're in the car, you know, those kind of That's on the go. Those are snacks. We're talking about meals. Meals and snacks are two different things. Letter D. The table is where direction is given and received. Where direction is given and received. Plans are shared. Listen, plans are shared. Plans are laid out to be understood and grasped. Dispersed. Plans are shared, they're laid out to be understood and grasped, they're dispersed for guidance to create work. So now this could be mainly talking about your jobs, the table at your jobs, your meeting rooms at your jobs when you go to the table. Information, direction is being given and received, plans are shared, they're laid out to be understood and grasped, dispersed for guidance and to create work. They're creating work for you. When they bring you to the table, they're creating work for you. Don't let that bypass you. Remember, keep it spiritual. You come to the table, God's creating work for you. Don't miss that. When you hear the word goes forth, he's creating work for you. He's dispersing information. He's laying it out so they can be understood and grasped. He's sharing the plan. He's dispersing it for guidance to create work for you, for the creation of work. And it's the essential work. The essential work that must be done. Don't, don't forget about your past teaching. The essential work, that mu- the thing that must be done. That's what God is 
bring it, has set at the table for you. The thing that must be done, that's what's set at the table. The needful is set at the table. Laid out, plan laid out for your guidance. It's laid out to create work, to show you the work that he has for you. It's laid out, that essential work. It's already laid out. It's the work that must be brought to pass. That essential work, that it must be brought to pass. Something that must be completed. That essential work, it must be brought be brought to pass and it must be completed. He's given that to you when you come to the table where direction is given and received. It can be given, but you've got to receive it. Remember what I said a few minutes ago, or earlier when I, when I first started. If you are here, He has a work for you, regardless of, of, of whatever you might be thinking. God, for every person in this room, He has a plan and a purpose for you here. He's laid out plans. He's laid it out. He's laid out the work. The question is, have you received it? The question is, have you received it? Letter E, the last one in this section. The table is where information is revealed. Information is revealed and decisions are made. At the table. The table is where information is revealed and decisions are made. That's at the table. Information is presented. And choices are made to accept the information Reject the information or modify the information. It's laid out. The table is where information is revealed, it's shown, it's revealed, it's given. And once it's revealed, a decision has to be made. You're going to make the decision, you're going to make the choice to accept it, to reject it, or to modify it. But that's a choice that you make. And each and every one of us make that choice. That with every piece of information, whenever you receive a piece of information, you all are making that choice. We all are making that choice daily. With every piece of information you receive. You're making the decision to accept it, to reject it, or to modify it. Guess what? In these four days, five days, how many days we've been on this fast, God has laid out. He's, he's, God has revealed some information at the table. See, it, 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 you know, it don't have to be a whole lot of people at the table. Yeah, it's at the table. He comes here. The Word is revealed. The, the Spirit is here. The table is here. But guess what? The Spirit is in you. And when God is talking to you, that's His Word being revealed. So you, that, it's just a table when it's just the two of you. So He has revealed some information. And you have to, you have to make the decisions to accept it. To reject it or to modify it. When he's shown you something about you, you have to make the decision to accept it, to reject it, or to modify it. The decision is up to you to make. 
But the table is set. It's already set. God is not changing what he's serving at the table for you. God is not changing what he's serving at the table for what you think you need. Guess what? When mama cooks dinner, or daddy cooks dinner, whatever's at the table, that's what's there. And it's set. There's no changing it. There's no modifying it. You're going to either accept it or you're going to reject it. You don't have to eat. You can get up and go. But this is what I'm serving. Listen to that. That's for some <laughs> Thank you. That's for some of you parents who do that. But what are you teaching them? You're teaching them the same way they can come to your table and do that. They can come to God's table and do that. Oh, yeah. See, we, we, again, remember, we got to think about, what did I say earlier? We got to always, so you got to always think with the purpose of God in mind. What are we doing? We're establishing a church. That's a part of the work. We're establishing church of the living water. You don't want to teach them. because <laughs> You don't want to set them up for failure to bring that in here. You don't want to set them up for failure to bring that in here. So you better start teaching them at home, at your table. <clears throat> that just went somewhere over somebody's head right there. At your table, you need to start showing them. Because they can't bring that up in here. And guess what? When you allow your children to do those certain things, that, that, that's all they know. You think they're going to modify? They're going to change? They're going to do something different when they come to church? Oh, silly boy. Silly girl. Tricks are for kids. That's not a trick. They're not going to turn that over like that. They're not going to do act one way in your house and then come here and act another way. They're not going to do that. Kids, that's why we see some things that we see. When you allow your children to do something, we already know. We already know that it's going on at home. Duh. Your children are a reflection of your house. They're in your house. That's your kingdom. That's your house and your kingdom. They are a reflection of how you rule and reign. They are a reflection of your house. Everything... That is needful, listen, everything that is needful, beneficial, and essential is provided at the table. Everything that's needful, beneficial, and essential is already provided at the table. So the same is true. So we've been talking about natural tables, but the same is true for God's table in his house and in his kingdom. But un unlike natural or physical tables, God's table is any place where his spirit is set and dwells. His table is any place where his spirit is set and dwells and his word is served. Okay? Anywhere where the spirit of God is set and dwells and his word is served, that is the table of God. 
in his house and in his kingdom. So his table is set at regular services like this one. His table is set at special fellowships like the one we had on Sunday. Special fellowships like the Women of Covenant had on Friday. Special services like the one the Men of Integrity are going to have on this Friday. Special services that are going to go forth with the next generation on August the 27th, whatever, September, whatever. Those, those are other days where the table is set. But guess what? The table is also set when you are just talking to people in the ministry. On the phone, when you go out for lunch, is the spirit in you dwelling? And then when that word comes up and God gives you something to talk, that's, that's, him, that's, him, that's him setting the table. And guess what? The last one I told you, but, not there, but ex- definitely not least, it's even with you and God. It's just the two of you. Why? The spirit dwells in you. We have the spirit of God. He, and he's going to reveal things to you out of his word. He's going to talk to you out of his word. So that table is set. So that can be in your closet. And I literally, literally, my closet, that is my prayer closet. That's why I can go. It's big enough for me to get in there and do what I got to do. There's a place. So when I'm in that place, that's my, that's my set. I like to call it. That's my secret place. That's, that's my secret place. That's the place where I can go in when I, when I, when I, when I really just need, I'm trying to tune everything out. Cause it's only, it's only in the inner side, right? So I'm in my, my, my bedroom, my bathroom, and my closet. So it's really, it's really on the inner side. So I can just, I go in there, that's my secret place. So wherever your secret place is, wherever you go to meet God, that's where the table is set. That's where the table is set. So, the table is set. Okay, we know what's provided at the table. We talked about that. What's provided at the table. We know what we can expect to receive at the table. Okay? So, now we're going to go into what is necessary for us to bring to receive what's provided at the table. So I said everything, remember I just said a few minutes ago, everything that is needful, beneficial, and essential is provided at the table. So you think, well, if everything is provided, then what do I need to bring? Right? When somebody invites you to their house, right? Generally, they don't ask you to bring anything. Because why? They are providing the table. It's their house. And they're providing. Now, if you work it out, well, you, you know, not because you got a, a ton of folks coming, then you know, you might want to. But I mean, just a, you know, I'm just a family. A family, a family on family, a person on person. Usually when they come, it's just like that. They're not asking you to bring nothing. Because the table is set. Right? So, if the table is set, and we know that God, what God provides us, you know, he, he, don't need, he don't need us bringing nothing like that. He don't, need, he don't need us to bring anything to contribute to the table. He has all the information we need. He don't need no information from us. He, has, he provides everything that we need. We, he, don't need he don't need nothing from us. He don't need bread from us. He has the bread. He is the bread of life. He don't need bread from us. So, yeah. So don't try to give him a word to counteract his word. Oh, somebody missed that. Don't give him a word to try to counteract his word. Oh, 
Oh yeah, that's going to come up. Guess what? That's going to come up in your fasting and praying. Oh, don't miss it. That's going to come up in your fasting and praying. Those things that he's going to tell you about you and show you and reveal to you at the table, that information he's revealing, you're going to try to modify it. Well, no, God, it's not really like that. It's not really. It's not really like that. You tr- yes, you're trying to modify it. No, if he says that that's you, then it's you. We're going to see in the scripture, and I'm not going to have time to get to it today, we'll get to it next Sunday. But, but we're going to see that the scripture is talking about in our praying and our fasting, he gets to the hidden parts. He's not dealing with no surface things. Trust that. He's not dealing with no sur- those surface things. You, you already know those surface things. Those things he's been talking to you about all this time. But it's not until you fast and pray. He's going to get to the hidden thing. Those things, those things that are way down deep. Those things that, you, that you're trying to hold on to, that you're really, you're not really, you know, th- th- that's what he's getting to. Sometimes those things are only revealed by fasting and praying. See, when you think, when you think that your motive is something else, when you, I mean, you really, I mean, and I'm talking about sincerely. You sincerely think. I'm not talking about playing with God. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not talking about playing with Him. Where you really know something is, and you try to pretend like, and you try to pretend in front of people like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're really sincere. And, and what you're doing, what you're saying, whatever the case may be, you really don't think it's anything wrong with it. But see, those things are revealed through fasting and praying. And why? Because he's trying to get us to a place. Remember, we're talking about restoring the next generation. We're talking about establishing this church. We're talking about all of those things. He got to get down to the hidden things. <laughs> he got to get down. Listen, before, before, before he gives you a great task to do in this move that he is doing, before in this time of a rising bill, before he gives you this great task that he wants you to do, and guess what? He's going to give you a great task. That great task, and, and, and don't, don't get it twisted. Remember, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. I'm not saying that you're going to pastor the church. I'm not saying that you're going to be a minister. I'm not saying, I'm not, but it's going to be great in your eyes because it's going to be something that you, that it's, you're going to be uncomfortable doing. That's going to be a great thing. Because it's something that he's going to push you to do. Something that he's going to give you to do that's going to help you step outside of you. It's going to cause you. You're going to have to be outside of your comfort zone to get it done. But guess what I said? Remember, that's what this fasting and praying is all about. Because he's trying to prepare you for that work. He's trying to prepare you right now for that thing that he's going to reveal. He's go- he is trying to get that. That's why he keeps saying, Come. Are you thirsty? Come. How bad do you want it? Come. I'm trying to, I want you to be a part of what we're doing. Come. He's saying, come. It's, it, it then boils down to, do you, are you really, are you really into what God is doing? Or are you just wasting time or killing time? Or do you really, do you really want to be a part 
Are you really concerned? Are you really concerned about what God is doing? Are you really concerned? Guess what? This prayer and fasting time, it was called by our pastor as she got direction on when to do it. She called it. God had her to call it. But there's not even an expectation that just because you participate that you're really participating. See, this is God getting into the, the inner. This is, this is Him getting into the inner right here. See, you could have taken the paper. You could have read the paper. You could have done every instruction she said. Write down the scriptures you could have done. You could have done all that. What is your, write down what, you, what your reason is. What your, your reason is. This is what the church is. She, she, you could have done all, made all of those preparations. You could be doing the fast and doing it right. But that still does not mean. Because we're going to talk about motives. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, we're going to get into all of that. And it is, okay. So if you have not experienced God. So this is, now this is just between, look, listen, this is God getting on the, this is God getting in the inner. He's getting in the inner right now. If you can say that at, for, at this point, however many days we've been doing it, at this point, that God has not spoken to you about anything or you're not even sure, you're not even sure, it's because you're not really concerned. You, you're doing it because the church was called to a fast. But your participation does not mean that you're participating. The table was set. The information was revealed. He just revealed it. It's up to you to accept it. To reject it. Or to modify. Oh no, she don't really know what she's talking about. Let's see, that's you modifying. She don't know what goes on in my heart. She don't know what's in my heart. She don't know. That's you modifying. I know. I get it. I get it. But guess what? God is not through dealing with you because you're here and you're listening. You're hearing. You're hearing. And you're, look, your 31 days is not even over. So he's going to look. He said, I'm giving it to you early. I'm giving it to you early. So now you got 25 days. you got 24 more days to get it right. He said, look, I'm, I'm giving it to you. I'm showing you. That's how much he's concerned about you. Listen, this is not about, this fasting and praying is not, re- it's not about him. It's not really for him. Oh, come on, get that. This is not for him. It is for you. It's for you. He took time. 
to decide in September of 2019 from the foundations of the world. He decided September 2019. He was going to call you to a 31-day fast. He decided that. He had you in mind. He knew who would be here. He knew who wouldn't be here. He already knew it. He says, I just want you to be involved. I'm just giving you the opportunity to be involved with what I'm doing. Are you concerned or are you not? (laughs) I'm giving you the opportunity. And he already knew if you were going to accept it or reject it. He already knew. But guess what? That's how loving our God is. He said, I'm still going to give you the opportunity. I'm still giving you the opportunity. Let's turn to... um, We're going to start this. I'm not going to be able to finish it, but but let's say this. Okay, so what is necessary for us to bring to receive what God's provided? He's already provided everything that we need, but we got to bring something to receive it. There's something that we have to bring to the table to receive what he's providing. A, it's a willing and obedient heart. That's letter A. What is necessary for me, write that, what is necessary for me to bring to receive what's provided at the table? A, it's a willingness, a willing and an obedient heart. In Isaiah 55, let's go back to that in verse 7. Here we go. This is what I was just talking about. 55 and 7. It says, let the wicked forsake his way. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God for, and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. talking about willing and obedient. He says, if you turn, if you don't modify what I'm showing you, if you don't reject what I'm showing you, he says, if you forsake, if you just forsake your way, realize that this is not about you. This is not your table to bring what you want to bring. It's not your table to decide and to choose what you're going to take and what you're going to take. Listen, just like at a natural table, you can't go to somebody's house. Listen, you can't go to somebody else's table. And they have everything laid out for you. They got the serving dishes with the food in it. They got everything laid out. And you are at the table. You can't go to the table and you and decide, I'm going to go get the spatula out of the kitchen because I want to serve my green beans. You just modified what was happening at the table. They had the serving utensils already laid out. You don't have to go in the kitchen for nothing. But you decide, no, I'd rather, I don't, like, I don't like using, I like to use my spatula for that. It's not your spatula, and a uh, spatula wasn't provided. You got to use what's at the table. You got to use what's at the table. Guess what? If somebody provides something for you, so you can't even decide at the table somebody's serving something that you don't want. So this, again, this, the, the, the table is set. All the food is laid out. But you look at something and you say... 
Mm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even touch that. Guess what? If somebody invites you to their house, you at least owe it to them to try it. Oh, give that to your children too. Or oh, some of you grown folks need to need to know that. They provide it, and you don't have to get a whole bottle. Don't get a, a big spoonful. All you got to do is get a t- just so you can say, I tasted it. They provided it for you at the table. That's an insult. I bring you to my house. I bring you to my table. I provide what you need, and you're going to reject it. You already knew that's what you were going for. You were going to eat. That was the plan. You can't do that with God's table. You can't decide what that I'll take, but that I'm not going to take. Ah, that don't look too good. Uh, Don't smell too good. It don't look too good. I don't think I'm going to try that. It doesn't set well with my taste buds. I don't, you know. I haven't had that before. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried the holiness thing. I haven't tried it. And it set well with my taste buds. I haven't tried the tithing thing. I haven't tried, I haven't tried, listen, I haven't tried the quad thing. I haven't tried the usher thing. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it. That didn't set well with my taste buds. Mm-hmm. I know. If God has set it at the table, it's for you. Whether you know it or not, whether you think it's needful, I said everything at the table is needful, it's beneficial, it's essential. Everything at God's table. So you cannot pick and choose. You can't decide what you're going to take and what you're going to reject. You can't decide that. Why? It's his house. You're in his house. You're in his kingdom. You came consensually. You came consensually. You decided that you wanted to be fathered. You decided that you wanted him to rule and reign over your life. You said that out of your own mouth. You said that you were going to worship him. You said that. You said every Sunday when you come in here. When you come to the table. But then when it's time to serve, we put our hands down. I don't want none of that. What we receive is up to us. God is serving it. He's serving it. And all he wants to know is that you're thirsty enough and that you're hungry enough. But you first got to be willing and obedient. You got to be willing to accept it. Whatever it is that he has for you, you got to be willing to accept it. Whatever he shows you, you got to be willing to accept it. You got to be willing to obey. When he tells you to change it, when he tells you to purge it, when he tells you to correct it, you got to be willing to do it. Because that's a part of your receiving what he has for you. 
That's his true holiness. You're talking about true holiness and righteousness? That's, that's what it is. Those, inner, those inward parts, those inner things, uh, the inner things that he's trying to get to. He's saying that when, you, when we get to that, when we get to that, when you allow me to get to that, and you be willing and you are be obedient, then you will see true holiness and righteousness. You know, sometimes we feel like we're going through the motions. Anybody ever felt like that? I have. I felt like that before. Well, I'm just going through the motions. That's because it wasn't true holiness and righteousness. It's not until we allow God to deal with us that we can get to the true holiness and righteousness. When you're in and out, when you're back and forth, when you don't, when and it's like you just can't keep, it's almost like you can't, you can't keep your ground. You, you're doing good one minute and you're not doing good the next. And it's because of that true holiness. You're not allowing God. You're not allowing him to work with that inner thing, that's in, that inner thing that he's trying to get to. That inner thing. And you've been, ha- you've been having it for years. But God has promised. He's promised. He has promised. In these next 31 days, if you would just give it to me, if you would just allow me. He said, and listen, and listen God, he, God is pleading. He's pleading. He says, come. Keep saying it, Come. Come, just come, seek. Come, come and seek. I'm going to give it to you for free. You, no money, you don't need nothing. You don't need no money, just come. I got it, I got it for you. Just, all I need for you to do is just come to the table. I need you to be hungry enough. I need you to be thirsty enough to want it. Because it's there. It's there. But how bad do you want it? Are you really interested in what I'm doing? Do you really want to be a part of what I'm doing? Do you really want to be a part? And you have to ask yourself that. And when you, when you, when you, when in your prayer time this week, you know, ask God to show you. Am I really? If, if you're struggling, I mean, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking about those that are struggling. Those that God hadn't revealed anything to. If he has not, that, those are the ones I'm talking to. Ask God to show you Get those inner, those deep things. What is it? Lord, show me what it is. Why haven't you talked to me? What is it? Why am I not sure if you're talking? Why is that? Why is it that I'm not sure? Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.